0: chapter 26 of order number 11 this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by john brandon order number 11 by carolyn abbott stanley chapter 26 david rainy's good mare saved the day for gordon lay within 24 hours He was on his way south with his regiment to join Grant, and in much less time, Kit was whining at Toby Taggart's ramshackle barn. The Trevellians heard the whole story from Sally, who came over before breakfast to tell it. Rainy's midnight ride and Gordon's escape, the terror of that waiting, and the coming of the men at last of their rage at finding gordon gone and how they had searched every cranny of the house for him and at last gone off threatening vengeance upon the whole family because he couldn't be found i actually believe they would have killed uncle lay she concluded if it hadn't been for dick renfrew it was a thrilling tale as sally told it and she had a breathless audience In the chorus of rejoicings raised at Gordon's escape, there was just one minor chord, and that was sounding so deep in a girl's heart that it was not heard. The rockaway trip would not now be necessary, and straightway Virginia began to think of the many, many, many things she had meant to talk about with Gordon that day. Among them was Rainy's warning of the day before. She had made up her mind to tell him that in a casual way and then if he chose to explain he could do so if not well he would know that she knew about it now that opportunity was gone the day was a long one to virginia trevilian in the afternoon she went out to toby taggart's making the carpet an excuse she hoped to have a word with Rainy again at the blocks but when she got there, poor Rainey was in bed in the family room with a cold and a high fever. There seemed no chance of private talk at all, and Virginia was feeling desperately disappointed. But when Mrs. Taggart stepped into the passageway for the steel yards, Rainey whispered, Kit's back. She knew that Virginia had heard the story before this. Mrs. Taggart was back before she could answer but a quick gleam of intelligence had passed between the two girls. It was furnishing the second chapter of the story. They had heard good news from Gordon, and about him in the months and months that had passed since then, he was still with Grant. The 25th Missouri had done valiant service at Pittsburgh Landing. He had been made a lieutenant after that, before corinth it had shown its ability to work as well as fight for the flag on the battlefield and in the fever-laden swamps gordon had borne a charmed life he hoped they might soon be sent to missouri he wrote there had been talk of the regiment's being ordered back to recruit but he did not know when only once had he been home since that night when he rode through the darkness and the storm on Rainy's horse, danger on every side and certain death behind, and then Virginia had not seen him. He came, as he thought, to his father's deathbed. It was on Christmas morning down in Mississippi that the message had reached him, which brought him home. Come at once, it said. If you would see your father alive, he got a furlough and travelled night and day. When he got there, the crisis was past, and with his father on the road to recovery, he might have had a pleasant visit. After all, had it not been for his disappointment about Virginia, she had gone down to Lexington to visit Liddy Merriweather for a few weeks, and Doctor Lay's attack had been so sudden and violent that the telegram, Gordon's reply, and his coming had all taken place without her knowing a word of it. He wrote to her at once and waited till the last minute, but his furlough was short and the distance long, and his return was imperative. When she reached home, after receiving his delayed letter, he was on his way south and she turned the face of her soul to the wall. It seemed to her that she could not bear it. Poor child, she was taking first readings in a lesson we all learn by heart after a while, that we can bear a good many things in this world simply because there is nothing else we can do. She took Gordon's letter, which Sally had brought her, and cried herself to sleep over its burden of love and disappointment. He could not tell, he said, when he would be back. Not till the war was over, perhaps. Miss Virginia, said Mammy the next morning, as she made up the bed, don't you think it was powerful rescue of Mars Gordon to go walking round Day Woods whilst he was here? There were no secrets from Mammy. He didn't, said Virginia. Sally says he hardly went out of the house. He didn't even come over here. He was down in de woods, Mammy returned. Reuben seed him. It couldn't have been Gordon, insisted Virginia, incredulously. Uncle Reuben probably mistook somebody else for him. Humph, replied Mammy with that implicit faith in her spouse's statements that all good and unsophisticated wives have i reckon reuben knows Mars gordon miss virginia and de chandler girl too the chandler girl virginia turned from her bureau to look at mammy yassum him and her was standin down in de grove when reuben seed em that grove darned the doctor's pasture. Reuben say she was crying, and looked like Mars Gordon was trying to pacify her. Virginia turned to the bureau, taking pins out of the cushion and sticking them in again. Lois Chandler crying, and Gordon trying to pacify her? Sally had told her that he had not been out of the house. Evidently, this was some meeting that Sally knew nothing about now anybody else could a see dem jes same as reuben pursued mammy in an expostulatory manner and ef it had been one er dat snigang he'd a been gone up de spout yasm he would so what was lois crying about asked virginia abruptly i don't know em maybe it was bout her daddy he's mighty bad off this fall old man chandler has but i don't know him reuben couldn't hear nothing but jest one time den he say she kinder wrung her hands and cried out and say it's too late now it's too late he couldn't hear what Mars gordon say he talked so low but look like he was trying to pacify her reuben he allow, she meant it was too late for her to be going home by herself, but I don't reckon a girl would take on so about that don't seem so She was probably talking to him about her father, said Virginia, with rather ostentatious unconcern. Gordon is very sympathetic when anybody is in trouble. Yasm, he, he is so Mars Gordon is assented mammy and he's foolhardy too she added under her breath at the dinner-table that day virginia remarked incidentally mammy says old man chandler has been quite poorly have you heard anything about it mother yes i was over at dr lay's last week when lois came over for medicine for him she seemed quite unhappy about him i really felt sorry for the child it was the very day before gordon went away it was too bad Verge, about your missing gordon said miss nanny virginia helped herself to a biscuit it seemed as if a band that had been tightening around her heart had suddenly been loosed yes she said brightly so brightly that it had almost the appearance of indifference It is too bad but he'll come again i reckon miss nanny looked at her a moment and then went on with her dinner i don't more than half believe she does care she thought i was sure last night she did that night virginia wrote gordon a long long letter full of love and regret about a week after this mammy came to her one day with a folded paper in her hand miss virginia she said "Here's a letter or something reuben told me to give you he went over to de doctor's dis mornin to take him some sausage meat and spare ribs and he found dis here paper down dar in de grove where mars gordon and dat chandler girl was talking dat day reuben he low maybe it's something dat'll git mars gordon in trouble ef it falls in de wrong hands some war paper or something and he say dilsey you take dat to miss virginia so here it is virginia took the paper and unfolded it feeling quite justified in doing so it seemed a sort of emergency of war as she read it the blood faded from her cheeks though her heart was pumping hard it was a note from gordon to lois chandler it had been pulled from her pocket probably with her handkerchief and left unnoticed on the ground it said dear lois i must see you once more and yet i have been warned not to go down to your house again can't you make some excuse to come up to my father's this evening, just before night? Then I can see you down in the grove. Gordon, Mammy had been watching Virginia with alarm, startled at the whiteness of her face. "Is it all right, honey?" she asked anxiously. "Would it a got him into trouble if it hadn't fell into yo hands?" "Yes," said Virginia, with an ironical curtness that was lost upon her auditor, but it has fallen into just the right hands. She slipped the note into her bosom, not because she wanted it there, but because she did not wish anybody to see it. Then, cautioning Mammy to say nothing about it to anybody, she went to her own room. She took the note out and spread it open before her. A fierce anger possessed her her colour had come back now and her lips were tight a sure sign with virginia that a conflict was on he must see her it was urgent she thought scornfully most urgent once more that implied that he had seen her before this was only one of many times perhaps that they had met in the woods perhaps they had even met sometimes at the grapevine tree and her lips were tighter than ever then she had spent hours of these autumn days down there dreaming of him some excuse to come he had even concocted the plan lois couldn't be trusted apparently to think up as simple a thing as that then her tumultuous thoughts Went back to what Uncle Reuben had heard. It is too late now. It is too late. What did she mean? And Virginia's heart beat fast. She was not long in this mood. When her anger had spent itself, gentler thoughts came and more trustful ones, if not more reasonable. Why should she believe evil of Gordon? She asked herself. Had she ever known him to be untrue before? Then she stopped, struck with the word she had used before. Did she say before? That sounded as if she thought him so now, and she certainly did not. How could she when she had not even given him a chance to explain? Probably everything that seemed strange and inexplicable about it all would be made as plain as day when once she could see him and tell him all about it. Why, there were a hundred ways of explaining things that people never thought of at first. Somebody might have written that note and left it where it would be picked up, just to tease her or to try her. She had read of such things in stories. She got the note out then and looked at it. It was certainly Gordon's writing. She had determined in that first wild burst of anger to send the note to him and demand an explanation in her softened mood she was glad so glad she had not done it it was never wise her mother had often told her to do things rashly oh no it was much better to wait but it was hard then she would go over that explanation He would come after a while, and then they would sit together in the summer house, and she would look into his eyes, and he would hold her hand and say in his quiet way that always calmed her and made her want to rest on his strength. Why, Virginia dear, it was so and so and so, and it would all be as clear as day. And then Gordon would gather her to his arms and say she was a foolish little girl to be so troubled about it but that it had seemed strange perhaps she knew gordon would acknowledge that when she had told him all and then for these communings with doubt and trust and herself were generally in the night watches she would take from under her pillow the picture she had had made for her in kansas city and lay her hot cheek on the cold insensate glass and sob it's all right gordon i know it's all right but it hurts me so end of chapter twenty six recording by john brandon